This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 31st, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the busiest lady in the industry. <laughs> Andrea Renee. What's good, Greg? Not much. What's new or good with you? Well, how? No, actually, there's a whole bunch. Well, there's a whole bunch. Tell me everything. There's how, a, there's you a went lot to that's happened since you I've been gone, You went to London. Greg. You went to Spice Girls. I did. You were, you were in a news story yesterday about a rumor about <laughs> I, Avengers. I know. It's been a big week for Andrea Renee. It has indeed. But they also announced that we're working together at EA Play this year. Well, exactly. Yeah, Super a lot exciting. of news that you weren't here for. You left I me know. You hung me out to dry. I didn't. You know what I mean? We couldn't call you about that. We couldn't call you about this uh, Avengers business. I mean, you could have tried. I had my phone on the whole time. International. They got the weird telephone. They got that weird ring over there. They got the weird UK ring. Well, I don't have it. Like, what is this crap? I don't have a UK number, though. I know. Um, It's when it gets, when you go across the pond. That's what happens. Well, listen, um, it's been a very exciting week. Thank you to everybody who came out to the What's Good Games meetup um, last Sunday. There was uh, a ton of kind of funny representation there. Lots of kind of funny shirts. So it was a really fun time. We had a... Lots of um, great conversations about Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and a bunch of other nerdy yeah. stuff. So um, great time there. And then, we, of course, we went to the Spice Girls concert on Wednesday, which was, was awesome. Was Baby Spice there? Of course she was. Was Ginger Spice there? Yes, she was. Was Posh Spice there? That bitch did not show up. Really? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Victoria's great. She she sat she sat the entire tour out. Her excuse was, I need to focus on my fashion line. And I was like, That's bad. Mm, That's a bad one. How okay. many tour dates are there? Not that many. See, come on. Yeah, there's like 10 or something. So it originally was like just six dates and then they sold them out. And so then they added additional dates. But they're all in Ireland and the UK, which is... Oh, my shillelagh. (laughs) <laughs> kind of a bummer because if they came to the U.S., they would sell out oh, they clean all up, of yeah. their all of their dates too. I just but don't again, know why they. They're wouldn't. embarrassed that they let us get away in the Revolutionary War, USA. Everybody, wow. don't when you see Gary wow. Winter, remind him. Thank you, Barrett. USA, USA, USA. We did it. You always do three, Barrett. All right. <laughs> just a heads up on chanting. That's okay, thank, make. thank no, you. So it's I okay. Didn't know. I didn't know. No, no, no. It's your rookie year still. Don't worry. You're, okay. it's, you're learning as you go. Okay. It, Kevin wouldn't have been able to do it. He would have been all dyslexic about it. Been like, hey, yes, you, what is going on? And then he would have <laughs> ate something. <laughs> yes. And I can now officially confirm that, yes, I am working with Square Enix for <clears throat> a panel what, you on Mars. I, I heard you stumbling around <laughs> to get in here. You yell at me, Kev. <laughs> Screencast is up next. You're, you can you are you can officially confirm yes okay. that I am working with them on something, um, and so it, it's going to be Wait, a great something. E3. So you can't say what it is. Well, no, I'm going to be doing a, a, a panel with them at the show. Yes, for Avengers. For Avengers. Okay, cool. Yes, okay, they have announced sure. the game. Sure. I was yelling at Kevin, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. So you're saying that everything in that panel description is true then. It is like Destiny. No, it is multiplayer. I, I it is co-op not, and solo play. I actually do not know if any of that is true because I have not gotten any of my notes yet. They are there still rehearsing, everybody. See, that was a question Turned yesterday. Out. I don't know if you caught yeah. the show. A question I did, was. I did catch part of it. Yeah. So if I had been here yesterday, I would have said exactly what I'm saying now, which is 100% true. I have no idea what I'm talking about in the panel. Right. Um, just like you, I'm speculating on if any of that's true. The What's Good Games E3 predictions by a Magic 8-Ball episode came out today. Um, and we speculate on what the game w- would be and what we would want it to be. Oh, because sure, yeah, yeah. I have not seen the game either, you guys. Sure. Like Just because I'm working with them at E3 means no, I have to wait for the reveal just like the, you guys one do. One of the reader mail questions yeah, yesterday was, in fact, when you guys host mm-hmm. stuff, how how do you see it way ahead in advance? Do you do this kind of thing? It varies yeah. wildly project to project. Sometimes we get to see everything in advance. Sometimes we get to see nothing until right. the review. My example, because I mean, again, EA Play, we're both hosting Jedi Fallen Order, right? Mm-hmm. And, like We've seen nothing from that. We nope. know as much as you. We know zero about what we're going to be talking exactly. about. Exactly. Eventually, uh, probably the, what, we have rehearsal. So a day before, the two day days before, before, we'll see it. Yeah. We'll think of what we want to talk, and then we'll get out there and talk and see what we got to we talk to the people who are making the game. Yeah, it'll be exactly. fun time. Crazy times around here, ladies and gentlemen. Busy stuff. If you didn't know, 
E3 is right around the corner, and there's lots to talk about about it. But we'll get to that eventually, because right now, this is kind of funny games daily. Today, we're talking about how many Xbox game studios are going to be at E3, <laughs> an Apex update, and Twitch going to two-factor authentication, because that's the news of the day. And at Kind of Funny Games Daily, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash games with your questions, comments, concerns, bad PSN names. It's gone. It's gone. And everything else under it. the video game sign. I still can't get over it that it's gone. But Greg, to be fair though, still they're, they're still out there yeah. and people are just too lazy to change them. Very true. Not Very true. too lazy. Maybe I'm just trying to make just, you feel better. Maybe they've changed their mind and they've embraced their bad PSN He loves name. being Bong Ripper 69. That's what he wants to be. You know what I, I mean, mean? Somebody wants to, He embraced to, right? the bong. Uh, <laughs> you can watch us recorded live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the entire record straight. For everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash games, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. I'll tell you what, Andrea. What, Started Greg? the week on Tuesday with Games Daily, right? Mm-hmm. And other than calling Tuesday Monday, I was like, man, do I feel great. It was like a four-day weekend. I have so much energy. This is great. It is the deadline uh, for the showcase this week, this week. And I'll tell you right now, I feel like I've lived a month. Yeah, and I. If you've noticed, none of the screws are on tight. I'm I'm yeah. loose on every transition Woo. title. Everything. Welcome to so that E3 crunch. Just life. get out there, everybody. I'm gonna keep rubbing my eye while I talk about it. housekeeping for you. Remember that nicknames and orientation are back, and you can get full seasons right now on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny for just one dollar. Eventually, months from now, they'll be on YouTube. Uh, but if you want to support us, if you didn't already support us, you can go over to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny. Uh, the Kind of Funny Games E3 showcase, as I mentioned, is my albatross to bear, and it's continuing to go. Uh, Monday, June 10th, four. 30 p.m. YouTube.com slash games. We have more than 60 games to show you. All indie, all awesome. It's going to be a great time. YouTube.com slash games. The only place to watch it. Today, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack, Tom Bach, Mohammed Mohammed. We're brought to you by Omaha Steaks and Skillshare, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's end the week strong with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some Five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. As I said, Andrea, E3 upon us. Next week, you and I will both be in LA already. Correct. You'll be down there, boots on the ground, ready for EA Play, ready for E3. I will be down there for EA Play, then Ghostbusters, then on a plane, then back for all our reaction content here. Then Tuesday, Tim and I go back to LA to do it You're a monster. Hey, got to be here. Got to be here for the best friends. Twitch.tv, such kind of funny games. All the reactions and all that jazz. So we talked about it yesterday on the Gamescast. On the subreddit then, can you bring it up for me, Barrett? Go to the, uh, the subreddit? Yeah, the subreddit. I want to say it was Cameron Kennedy made an awesome graphic of the very convoluted thing I yelled about Ooh, where yes, I did it yes, all. Yes. And then Andy doesn't have to do it anymore. Which Andy, there it is, yeah. Throw this up. I haven't fact-checked this. This, If you are if you didn't know, this is what, uh, if you want to throw it up. Uh, E3 looks like four kind of funny games, folks. Uh, again, Saturday, yeah, Andrea and I are down there hosting EA Play. You can watch it over there. I'm sure we'll host it on our Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. Sunday, uh, Microsoft and Bethesda have their press conferences. Of course, we're doing pre-shows, watch-alongs, and post-shows for all of those on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. All the post-shows will go up as gamescasts on your usual place you get the gamescast. All the watch-alongs will go up on YouTube. Pre-shows will be thrown away because they're worthless after the fact. Who cares? Who cares what I thought was going to happen? Monday, like we said, Ubisoft, that gets a pre-show, watch-along, a post-show. The Kind of Funny Game Showcase then is at 4.30. Then it's Square Enix at 5.30 with the pre-show, watch-along, post show tuesday nintendo 8 30 pre-show watch along post show wednesday uh i'm doing a coliseum panel that we haven't announced yet. great your, job yours, was this cameron Kennedy? yours didn't leak <laughs> mine hasn't well or did it and you just don't know i'm hosting it's it. cameron ken on reddit so i, I think that's, that's cameron, cameron Kennedy. Oh, right? maybe uh then maybe. uh we'll, we're gonna record a gamescast that night that'll post then thursday on uh, everywhere you get gamescast then there's a GameSpot meet and greet f- six to seven then there we're on the GameSpot stage 7 p.m to 8 p.m doing uh the podcast and the youtube that podcast will go up if you don't watch it live uh, Friday morning then we're on Easy Allies stream Friday then we're doing the games cast with the Easy Allies folks Friday that'll go up on Monday um, just a side note if you guys are going to be in LA coming to E3 and you're planning to go to the GameSpot meet and greet for Kind of Funny the What's Good Games meet and greet is just before there. oh man there you go so come to the stage a little bit early we're doing our show I believe from 4 to 5 and then our meet and greet from 5 to 5.30 that makes sense that makes sense so if you guys want to it's a rock block. get a two for one. There you go. A two for as they call it in the industry, I think. Yeah. Is that right, Barrett? Two for? Yeah. Thank you very much. Anyways, the point of all that was, of course, to pimp our stuff and let you know what we're doing. <laughs> but also to let you know E3 is right around the corner and Phil Spencer is tweeting about it. 
Phil Spencer from Xbox tweets, just finishing our final E3 rehearsal here with the team in Redmond. Feel really good about the briefing. Lots to show. We have 14 Xbox Game Studios games in the show this year. More first party games than we've ever had in the show. Fun times. Hashtag Xbox E3. Andrea, Mm -hmm. there's been rumors. I have not seen an official official confirmation, but plenty of rumors that it's a two-hour conference from Xbox this year. Ooh. They're out there swinging for the fences. No Sony. To, they This is theirs to freaking lose. They got to get out there. They got to be big. What does this tweet do for you? What does two hours of Xbox do for you? What is your prediction in terms of how Xbox is going to do this year? This isn't surprising to me that it's going to be that long of a show. Generally, the first-party platforms, with the exception of Nintendo, um, have very lengthy shows because sure. they usually talk a little bit about platform stuff yeah. and in, in the game and then third party stuff as well uh, with a bigger focus on indies that we've seen over the last couple of years. I think this is very exciting. Obviously all eyes are going to be on them for their announcement for what Xbox's next gen plans Mm. are going to be. Do you expect to get that? Absolutely. At least some base level details about what the cloud gaming is going to be. Cloud gaming I think is on a different level. Project X Cloud, one of my predictions on the Gamescast yesterday, spoiler alert if you're not going to give us the whatever dollars on Patreon right now is that I think they talk about the beta and give it a date and say signups are open now. I think I said July that it'll be you can actually get into the beta. Signups are open right now or whatever. I think that's for sure happening. It's the thing I don't know how they're going to handle is Anaconda is uh, Scarlet, right? What the next boxes are going to be for them and how they want to talk about that. I would imagine they would do some kind of a tease about it because we have some preliminary tech details from Sony about PS5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we had that big rollout of information from Stadia back at GDC. So they really, I think, are compelled to say at least something. Sure. I don't think we're going to get pricing. I don't think we're going to oh, get no, full no, no, specs. No. I think that's going to happen next year. It's almost, I wonder if a they're going to. tease, ha- maybe a name. I wonder if they'll handle it like they did uh, Xbox One X, Scorpio, right? Remember at, at what the E3 they did was uh, just a you know a silhouette of a box spinning around and then talking to developers about, oh man, well, it's going to be so much more powerful, so this is so great, and when they're talking about this and that, and, then, and it was like, we're talking about that next year, but we wanted to let you know yeah. that's where our heads are at right now and stuff like that. Absolutely. However, Miss Renee. Yes, Greg. BJ Bernardo writes into patreon.com slash games and says, hi, y'all. With Phil Spencer tweeting about how this year's E3 conference has the most third-party games ever. Parentheses, ain't that the case every year. It got me thinking about how all those studios are and what they have now. What can we expect from these studios at E3? Has there been enough time to get... I'm sorry. Has there been enough time to great, is what he says, a full trailer and a little gameplay? Or is it too soon... For just a, and and just a short trailer. How important do you think it is that those studios to show something, even with a new console, at least not till 2020? Thanks. And E3 is going to be exciting. BJ Bernardo, what do you expect from these 14 first-party Xbox studios, games, and whatnots and things? Are you? What, I, I'll, I'll leave the question. What are you expecting in, from a broad stroke? Um, I expect teasers from most of these. I don't expect full full rollouts from from all of them. So obviously we know we're going to get a deep dive into Gears of War. That game is slated to come out later this fall. Um, we've got some, you know, preliminary pre- preliminary, excuse me, information about what Minecraft is working on. We always hear from Moyang, you know, at E3 from from Microsoft. Sure. Um, I think Ninja Theory, you know, we'll maybe get a short trailer from them. Um, it's time for another main entry in the Forza series. So, did they confirm that it was a Forza Horizon game? I don't know. I don't think so. Kindoffunny.com slash you're on. I, I thought that they were going to be... Um, like, publicly, or is it, they mean, the, like, the rumor? Well, I mean, I guess... Yeah, because I don't... Th- I would be surprised if we heard from both Playground and from Turn 10. Unless they're talking about DLC for the Forza Horizon. Right. Um, the previous one that came out last year. So, I mean, it's interesting, right? So, you but, know, like, it's Phil's time tweet, for the next Forza, yeah. We have 14 Xbox Game Studios games in the show this year. When you go to Wikipedia and bring in the 14 from there, right? It's mm-hmm. Compulsion Games, We Happy Few. I wouldn't be surprised if, if what we get there is more from We Happy Few. Not a new game. DLC, here's what we're doing to the world. Something's happening, right? Uh, Coalition, as you said, Gears of War, already confirmed, ready to go. Mo Yang, Minecraft, another easy one of here's what's going on. They Mm -hmm. just announced the, uh, you know, the more Minecraft stuff they had done a little while ago when they were talking about all the crazy Minecraft announcements. Ninja Theory is an interesting one, yeah, because 
okay, where are they at with their next thing? I think there, yeah, you get a teaser trailer, something mm-hmm. very short, very simple, maybe, uh, you know, just teasing a new character, teasing a new setting, giving their name to it, putting it on there. Playground Games, Forza, of course. Rare comes out. What's Rare going to have this time around, right? Is it just more Sea of Thieves stuff? Well, we'll see something for Sea of Thieves, I would imagine, since it's a giant live service game for them, but we'll also probably see Battletoads at E3 this year. Um, since it was teased, um, 343, we know we're going to see something from Halo, Halo Infinite. Infinite. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know what we would see potentially from In Exile. Um, the casual games, like, who knows? I mean, sure, bring In Exile is one of the solitaire. more interesting ones, right? <laughs> you know? In Exile, I think, is one of the more interesting ones of what you could get out of them right. in terms of, like, cool, what, what is the one you have? Right. Like, Wasteland 3, right, is something they'd worked on. For Obsidian, that's, we most... I guess Wasteland 3 is what you're going to see, right? Because that's supposed to come out in 2019. I have not followed anything about Me that Me neither. Game. This Full is strictly stop. clicking off of Wikipedia on that one. Um, Obsidian will definitely something see something from the Outer Worlds. Exactly. And right? that's the most important thing, right, is that F- Phil says here, we have, lot, we have 14 Xbox Game Studio games in the show this year. He's not mm-hmm. saying 14 Xbox first-party exclusives. He's not saying 14 brand-new games to announce. He's just saying... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be there. Not to mention that if we go into this, it could easily, any one of these people could be Obsidian, uh, looking at them, uh, Ninja Theory to that extent, you could be seeing two games from them. Not Ninja Theory, but probably, you know, uh, Obsidian, you could see, all right, cool, yeah, you already know that the Outer Worlds is almost done, that everybody loves it. We also have this other project we're going that is an Xbox exclusive that is, you know, right, right here. The initiative is the one that I think we might not see anything from because from what I've heard, the rumblings around the industry are that they're still in the staffing phase yeah. that they might have some R&D going and some plans underway and maybe some early stage development but that it's such a new studio that I doubt we would see a teaser from them maybe we get like a title potentially yeah but even I, that I could see being like here's a studio diary kind of thing right and mm-hmm. I forget who's the guy they, who's the guy who heads up the initiative now um, Bring me, me uh, thank you very much. But I, because he moved, it doesn't matter. But him doing the video of like, hey, everybody, you know, this is the initiative and like the slow pans of the office and their logos and all this stuff and people working on something at a desk or whatever. And like, we're excited to be bringing this. We're excited for the future. We're excited for Daryl Gallagher. There you go. Of what Xbox has got coming next and go that way. Uh, well, we're, we asked that you're wrong for this. I'm bringing this stuff. Borzen says, Turn 10 is not working on Forza 8 at all, and there seems to be no 2019 Forza game confirmed at all. Sources this article, and he goes to the drive. And then... Uh, Did they publicly say they're not working on Forza 8? I can open up the drive article here for you. Hmm. See what it is. It that would be, be surprising. It might just be a rumor. Uh, according to... There might not be a new Forza game in 2019. This is the drive. Developers Turn 10 have confirmed they are not currently working on Forza Motorsport 8. Uh, since Forza F- Motorsport 4 came out, came on the scene in 2011. I can't read. Sorry. End of the week. Microsoft has re- released a Forza game every year like clockwork, alternating between the mainline Motorsports titles and the Horizon spinoffs. For 2019, however, the series might be taking a break. According to the folks over at GT Planet, Forza Motorsport 8 is unlikely to be dropping in 2019 like history would dictate, pointing to a couple of comments made by Turn 10 creative director Chris uh, Saki. Uh, during last week's Forza Monthly Livestream, Asaki spoke uh, about the mo- motorsport developers have, quote, been given this great gift of time, which we as a team have never really had with motorsport, to really kind of evaluate where we are, what we are as a product and as a game. Uh, reading between the lines, Turn 10 does not have a game due out in 12 months. Interesting. A leap. Not uh, not like a bold leap. They have time, sure. But that's we're reading into a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. I wonder what it would be then, Forza. Well, who's the one who's supposed to be working on Fable? That had been getting... Remember that? Barrett, you remember this? I do remember this. I just uh, talked about this with Brittany. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we were talking about it yesterday, too. Well, yesterday we were, we were talking that their Playground Games was the one who's rumored to do it. Uh, I'm looking right. at a Games Radar article. Uh, Fable 4 is happening. It's story-focused and everything else we know so far. This is from 22 days ago. And yeah, the rumor was that Playground was working on it. And what that was their changeover. The Horizon series. The Forza uh, Horizon okay. series. Interesting, interesting. I hope so, man. I hope they're doing another Fable. <laughs> I loved Fable. Xbox needs an RPG in their stable that's exclusive. Right. They need that back. Well, they should do, you know what I mean? Get THQ Nordic on the hook. Kingdoms of Amalur. Wait, Come on. Dude, let's go. That would be a pipe dream. Let's go. Let's do it. But Are I don't want it to be Xbox exclusive. I don't care as long as I'm getting a fucking kick-ass you, Kingdoms of you Amalur You don't game. care? No. Dude, you, uh, you, you can... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love trophies and I love all this crap. You know what I mean? I'm looking for reasons to turn on the Xbox. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I would love. I would love. Okay. To, uh, like it's literally disconnected my Xbox One X because the plugs I use for the Xbox One X are now used for my travel PS4 when I need to download something or update something for the road. Oh no! I'm a monster. I know. I don't want to be like this. But I'm with you. Watching if Game that's of Thrones and it's all artifacting because it's on PS4 or whatever. <laughs> if this is the only way we can get another Kingdoms of uh, Amalur, I'll right. take it. Exactly, and that's my thing is I think uh, Xbox is willing to throw the money around, throw that cash around to make it happen. And THQ Nordic, of course, has. They spent all their money on these IPs. Can they spin anything up? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then Undead Labs, of course, State of Decay, but I don't think you're going to get anything. I mean, maybe you could get more expansions for that, but I don't think you're... Maybe you get a tease of what the next State of Decay would be, but even no, that seems definitely. way too early, right? And then, yeah, 14 is what, from Wikipedia, is just Xbox Global Publishing. Now, yeah. of course, that's... This is not discounting them picking up other studios. That was another uh, prediction going around the, the Kind of Funny Games cast yesterday that's up now on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games uh, everywhere on Monday that they could be picking up new studios and bringing them into the fold, and that's where the 14 games come from. Uh, however, I digress. Now that we've given you a base level understanding of what's going on and where our titles are, even for ourselves as we re-educate ourselves, uh, BJ's question was, how important is this? I think it's incredibly important. I think the strength playstation's had this generation is the idea that we have all these first parties they're all working on stuff and we can slowly start revealing them or in some cases reveal them really early and you see them Mm -hmm. over and over again but you don't see them every time and you get excited when you don't and you excited knowing that something's coming and you understand that there's a future to playstation 4 that's what xbox one has lacked this this generation right in terms of hey yeah we're a great box we're the true 4k gaming we're all these different things but what are the games you can only play here that actually drive you to do it? What if they buy from software, Greg? That'd be insane. I don't think it's possible. It's the rumor that they're going to show that game that... George Railroad Martin, yeah. yeah. George Railroad Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be kind of a, a whopper would be, I mean, that would be huge. And that's the thing is like, I don't... I, it's a weird E3, of course. There's no PlayStation. This is happening. EA is not doing a traditional press conference. Blah, 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 blah. I still am excited because it's E3. Yeah. I don't let myself... I'm trying not to let myself dream too big. Xbox literally has... Embrace your Tim Gettys, girl. No, I don't want the Gatorade get hype. <laughs> I see how disappointed he is all the time. He's mad at Pokemon sleeping. I don't want to do that. What I, But I'm, I'm excited regardless. But then when you stop and you think about like, hey, it's Xbox. Hey, we have a great lineup of a stable right now of developers. I think all their services are awesome. I think they're in front, at least messaging wise, on what mm-hmm. next gen is going to be. It gets really exciting when you think about them taking the stage and being like, hey, everybody. We're the only show in town in terms of the major, you know, whatever, HD players. And we're going to show you why you need an Xbox next generation. And, that, that, yeah, we've bought f- from software. We have these kind of things. I'm I'm hoping they have the CD Projekt Red uh, demo up there. I hope they have Cyberpunk. Here's a whole look at Cyberpunk. I, like, There's a whole bunch. Not to mention, like, <laughs> I made the prediction, right? Rocksteady's got to be doing something. And it's got they got to show a game sometime, Barry. Again, I think it's more likely to see WB Montreal than Rocksteady. I'd be stoked with that either. <laughs> Just get me a fucking DC Comics game on that I, stage. I know. I'm on your fucking level, Greg. Or are we going to lose our minds if it's Court of Owls? I, I might cry. I might tear up a little bit. All right, cool. I'm excited. There's a difference between crying and shedding a single tear, Barrett. Well, I'm not not a single tear. It'll be like a couple tears. So. We'll have a Barrett cam going. Yeah. Okay. A live Barrett cam. Live live Barrett cry cam, we'll call it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm sad boy Barrett. How, what do, you, do you think? It, I, it, even if they don't have announcements, release dates, lots of footage. How important is it for Xbox, these studios, to show their games? I think it's incredibly important because Xbox knows that they essentially lost this generation as far as worldwide sales go. I think their core base is incredibly happy with what Xbox has done so far. They've made great strides with Xbox Game Pass and now the recently announced Xbox Game Pass for PC. The crossplay partnership that they kicked off with Minecraft and now we've got true crossplay coming for several games down Call the road. Call of Duty. I mean, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I think that they're making, they're setting themselves up for success for the next generation and that's exactly what they need to do. Yeah. And so last year was a really monumental moment when Phil Spencer announced that they've acquired all of these studios. Yeah. And we knew then that we weren't going to get details about these games probably for two to three years at best. So if they can show, hey, this is what's happening under Microsoft 
publishing. Just so you know, these aren't necessarily Xbox exclusives. You will be able to play them on other platforms. I think that would be a really big win for them as well. And that's to, th- to remind people like, hey, we're funding the development of these games because we believe in video game creators and we support gamers, yeah. but we don't want to lock it to our platform. I think that would be a huge win for them. And it's a huge win in general, like, you know, uh, to bring up Outer Worlds, right, with Obsidian, right? Like, mm-hmm. even to bring them on stage and, and drive home, hey, everybody, here is, you know, a first-party Xbox studio, Obsidian Entertainment, to show you their game, to start driving that message home, even though, sure, like, Outer Worlds would be available everywhere, you'll be able to pick it up on other platforms, to really drive home that, like, no, no, the, these are our people, the, these are the quality games they're making, you can expect them to make for the rest of their mm-hmm. existence, or as long as they're part of our company. Yeah, I wonder how the relationship with Private Division works because private division is technically the publisher sure and so i don't know how that's how that works under where underneath the microsoft umbrella sure. that falls because private division is technically underneath take two interactive right so yeah it would be i think I, that's why i think the wording's interesting we mm-hmm. have 14 xbox game studios games in the show this year right and if we're just using the broad brush of xbox game studios are the, the studios we own then that still works. Granted, I mean, it's like a co-parenting relationship and it would be a, right. our friends at Private Division are publishing this, but works, you know, we this is Obsidian. This, these are the people we're working with or that we uh, own now. Right. Se- seems weird. They want to say we own these people. We understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm true. stoked, Andrea. I'm stoked for the big moves. Me too, The things Greg. I don't see coming. That's it's what I'm excited be great. about. It I'm ready. Oh, uh, let's get through some two tidbits here. First off, Apex Season Two tidbits dropped yesterday. Apologies, somebody shouted this out in the "You're Wrong" thing. You know, I usually don't take breaking news, but I glanced at it. I was just like, "Oh, it says it's coming." More information, but there was information here, so I'm reading it here. Uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific on Saturday, June 8th, we'll be sharing some of the first details of Apex Legends Season Two as part of our EA Play live stream. Today, we want to tell you about some of the high-level improvements you can expect from the second battle pass too long didn't read here they come uh level up via daily and weekly challenges time to battle pass level 100 should be significantly reduced three additional legendary skins added to the rewards track three entirely new content categories replace badge and stat tracker rewards you'll earn enough crafting metal rewards from the full reward track to craft a legendary item or whatever your heart desires that was the TLDR. I'm not going to go into the, the minutia of it. You can go look at the minutia on the Apex websites and all that jazz and all the articles that got into it from their communities and such as that. And then, of course, the, getting that out of the way in terms of what the nuts and bolts are of the Battle Pass, I would assume at EA Play, that's when they'll go dive into here the crazy cool colors and whatnots that are happening over there. In a similar vein, Andrea, we mm-hmm. talked about this earlier in the week with EA Play not having in their live stream run-up of six games, Anthem. And then the Anthem was saying they were going to have a live stream yesterday to talk about stuff. And Anthem did have a live stream yesterday. So here's the nuts and bolts of that. Ethan Kotaku reports, during a developer live stream today, Bioware gave Anthem players their first look at the game's upcoming Cataclysm event, a limited time end game activity that will take place in an entirely new environment. Based on what Bioware showed, the Cataclysm, which will last six weeks, seems to function like a mini free play mode. Players load into a special area with its own overhead map broken up into different sections that can be explored in any order. Some of the rewards players can collect in Cataclysm will change from week to week, as will the map, with more activities getting added as the weeks go on cataclysm which was supposed to launch sometime this month doesn't have a cur- doesn't have a start date before it's rolled out to everyone however uh, irving this is one of the guys working on anthem on the live stream said the plan is to release uh, it first on a test server for pc players to try out and provide feedback then just before you have it the tldr of all this whole stream was from the anthem subreddit i read it from uh, jwp123 who says first two weeks are pre-events three new missions new area is the cataclysm new systems for scoring inversions leaderboards new power and new rewards and a new faction is formed from the remnants of the domination they trigger my apologies dominion (laughs) they trigger the cataclysm and the freelancer has to stop it then if that wasn't enough for you an update 1.20 dropped yesterday jordan rami at gamespot reports most of the update is geared towards quality of life changes and bug fixes however the update makes improvements to anthem's features creatures and javelins the feature changes are minor three emerald abyss legendary missions have been added for example and you can now fast travel the striders while in free play for enemies dominion storm frost brutes scholar hunters and scar grenadiers gr- grenadiers right grenadiers why did what, what uh, that, grenadiers that's it doesn't make what? I've seen the word. I've never said <laughs> no, it. No, no. I'm not saying come on to you. I'm oh. saying come on to like, that's how you spell it and that's how we're supposed to pronounce so it. Gren- so grenadiers, do they shoot grenades? Is that their deal? Correct. Then I'm calling them grenaders. Or they, they throw them. 
Thank you. You know what I mean? It's about time somebody took the word back. Have all been nerfed or made slightly easy, easier to identify and kill. Javelin C updates across the board, and the base damage of a dozen Ranger Colossus, dozen different Ranger Colossus, Interceptor, and Storm Gears all get damage boosts. Believe it or not, that is top level, ladies and gentlemen. So much more to dig into the patch notes if you want to go dig, dig into it. Um, cool. There are those updates. No, uh, I'm excited about this. I've been looking for a reason to get back into Anthem. A lot of people I know that that jumped in at launch and played through the campaign and then kind of hit the wall really early because of all the issues they had at launch. Of course. All kind of put it aside and said, I really like the idea of what they're working on. Yeah. It clearly just needs some tinkering and we'll come back when this event launches. And so now this is the time, I think, where they really have the opportunity to re-engage people that have abandoned this game yeah. and have not been playing. Um, and I think it's smart of them to launch it in a test server, much like Massive did with the changes for Operation Dark Hours. I think that you know getting it into the hands of some of your most dedicated players and getting their feedback is super important. We talked about how this game probably should have launched in early access. A hundred percent. And it would have been really beneficial for it yeah. in a number of reasons. So I think this is great. I've been looking for a reason to go back and now I've got it. Yeah, for me, I'm going to wait and see and see if people are if, if this all works and people are into it and if it's going the way it wants to. Uh, it's for me. I'm so removed from it now because I'm one of those people, right? Mm-hmm. I played through the launch. I had a, I had a great time. I thought it controlled really well. Low times too long. Should have been able to fast travel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All the things they fixed a lot every, of that they stuff. They did. Yeah. Oh, I know. We've talked about that patch on here before. But this is one of those things of like, okay, cool. Will it? Is Cataclysm going to be cool? Is it something that I would dig? I don't know. And so I'll wait to see more of it because again, it's just. I'll give you a full report. I didn't watch the Twitch stream, and that's on me. So, I mean, like, I, I know it's up and ready to go. It's more interesting of just, like, I still am fast. Do you think Anthem... Is Anthem going... Is Anthem here to stay? Is it going to be here in a year? Is, is it going to ever have its no man's sky moment i saw some people i thought unfairly on the subreddit today saying man if we've compared this to no man's sky before and this is the subreddit talking mm-hmm. i've seen people compare this to no man's sky before and i know greg miller personally now talking has said that about this of like maybe they can do it maybe they try to they shut down communications and didn't talk for like a month maybe they're trying to no man's sky the subreddit was like if this is their answer to no man's sky it's not gonna happen and i was like well that's not really fair because no man's sky took years and years before they did their giant update and came back this is a games as a service they promised you a cataclysm they're the trying game to get there has only been out for a couple of months uh, i definitely think that's apples to oranges comparing this to no man's sky they're completely different types of studios and completely different situations um i would like to see it still be around i think that clearly the team did a ton of work building this world building these gameplay systems and i think it only has up to go and they can yeah. there's a lot they can they can do to re-engage people if they just tweak some quality of life issues which they have been working on yeah. for the last couple of months and i hope that ea gives them the runway to make those changes because i think that there's you know a lot of good content there that could become really engaging if they just continue to chip away at some of those quality of life problems that people had and you know they need to update and improve the store and you know make sure to have an engaging loop for loot grinding yeah. and and there's a lot that they can do i i don't i don't want this to go away i want this to become a a, a better cool game that i can jump into and play from time to time i think it'll be here to stay for the hardcore but i doubt it'll ever bring the the like kind of people outside of it back in the only what's interesting about it right is trying i've thought a lot about this since the ea plus ea play schedule got announced in on widow wednesday and we went all around about it because i saw it was at the time and still is but at the time their anthem's not on this at all right like Mm -hmm. that's crazy but But there's a ton of ea games that aren't on that that rundown but but anthem like their game as a service that's supposed to be going on and on Mm -hmm. and on and from bioware and stuff like that like that is a big one not to mention that leading up to it just if i can finish my point sure go ahead. leading up to it i thought this would be their salvo their not hail mary but their hey like hey we're coming out on the stage at, at ea's biggest showcase right and saying this is why you need to come back to this game mm-hmm. and so when they didn't do that and they were going to do this one here and even andrew got on twitter was like we're we're still at ea play we're just not in the live stream because we're doing our live stream on thursday it was that like that's a weird one and then seeing reading through this at a top level not watching the stream but reading top level through this it's like okay this is more of an event that 
if you are the if you are like Barrett's talking about the hardcore fan, you are already playing it, you are invested, you are on the subreddit. Here is us giving you runway, us giving you something to do, us showing you we are working on the game and making something. And after looking at this and not saying that this is small or anything by that means, but it's not a giant expansion, right? It's not like this giant world changing thing. It makes me wonder if they aren't on the EA Play stage because it's just not their time for that yet. That we're going to do this. We're going to get Cataclysm. We're going to do other content drops throughout the year until we either have to have our own thing that is like we're having, uh, like, I forget what the Destiny one, I always forget, but when Destiny fixed everything and everybody flipped out about it, or get to E3 next year and say, this is what we've been doing for an entire year and a half now and what you need to do. But again, maybe I'm giving them too much rope. Maybe I'm giving too much credit. Maybe it is a thing that EA or it just wants it to be quiet like you're saying like you hope EA gives them enough uh, runway to fix this and get it going maybe they just want to keep it quiet and eventually let it die out I don't know it was such a controversial launch so many people so viscerally upset for a variety of reasons that it I think it's the right call for EA to let that like let it die down I know it's been a couple of months but I feel like anytime we bring up Anthem it like triggers people in this unspeakable way that I just do not understand why people get so upset about it. Um, And I think EA has recognized that and has said, you know what, why don't we not put it in our showcase this year? Instead, focus on these key titles that are brand new launches that we want people to divert their energy and attention to and say, we still want to feature Anthem at the festival, but we don't want it to be part of the live stream i think that's the right call especially if they don't have anything major to announce right right just like we don't hear about a ton of the ea sports titles in the press conference generally right or you know they weren't in the lineup as well it's like that that makes sense well of course i'm just doing a year wrong protection well no that's why i said most of the ea sports titles fifa is always going to be in the press conference people love that soccer um i mean it's their biggest money maker so they can't ignore it but I think that there's room for EA to give them some of the spotlight, but not, you know, on the big stage. And I think that that's the right call this year. Yeah. I mean, because it is still such a sore spot. And when you, you you know, you talk about like people when it comes up, get so angry, right? Or have this visceral reaction or do have just the reaction of it being a punchline, like ignoring what has happened or how, Mm -hmm. where it has gone in the past. It's crazy that it's Anthem when I thought for sure it was gonna be Fallout 76. When Fallout 76 did this and went off the rails late last year, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, how will Bethesda ever be able to do a conference? And it's like, oh no, they're fine. Everything's fine. They've not fixed it, but they've put in a whole bunch of stuff or people just don't care because there's a new game that came out that was AAA and screwed it up, right? The people that care are, have always cared and are supporting that team and are supporting that game and are part of that community. And the people that don't care have moved on to, to being an asshole about something else. Sure. Well, it's just the thing of... Yeah, you're talking. You're talking about the don't care people who are on the pl- pl- the outskirts, right? Who never mm-hmm. played it and never bought it, but just wanted to shit on it. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, I just want to be clear because I you know, I know when people yeah. are like, "Well, I'm, I'm mad at it." And it's like, no, I get it. You paid sixty dollars for this game. You expected it to be what they said it was going to be. It they didn't have not hit their deadlines. They've not right. hit the yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference there. Just being clear about it. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, Greg. It wouldn't be a day on Kind of Funny Games Daily if what we said wasn't taken wildly out of context. Well, I know. So that's why I want to help, though, because it is those people. And I get that. I do get that. I want people to understand that I get that when it's that we... Of course. When we say something... We get to, mad when we spend money on something and it wasn't what we wanted to. Oh, I, I No, I get mad when somebody says something that I, I think loops me into the, the group and I'm like, wait, I'm not that guy. And then it's like, well, no, you didn't mean that. I was trying to get from A to B, but I said something in the middle that didn't make sense because it wasn't my point and then got there. Yeah. But there's that difference that I talk about all the time. And I used to talk about it with Season Pass. Right where there's the people on the peripheral who are on the Twitter who are on the whatever who are like Greg Miller right now the anthem really just looking at the subreddit but not playing the game mm-hmm. and being like I have an opinion about this but I don't have the fucking anything to back it up and that was the I thing. didn't watch the live stream but I'm gonna tell you what I thought exactly. about it exactly <laughs> and that's the thing of reading through this and all that and then looking at the subreddit it was the normal thing of man even with these posts I can't tell if it was a good stream or bad stream <laughs> I can't tell if people are happy or upset about it but that's just the internet and it's continuing to see. What the fuck is going on with the anthem? I mean, where it's going to be? This is if you would. I thought for sure, thought for sure that I was like, man, I, won't, I can't wait to see where Fallout seventy six is in a year. And Fallout seventy six is just like, oh, it's doing its own thing and it's got its wild Appalachia content and everybody's playing it or not playing it. Susan loves it. Okay, whatever. I never think about it. And Anthem's the one where it's just like the story gets interesting for the weirdest reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, what the hell's going on? It's not a, the EA. Why do I? 
We'll see what happens. It will continue to move on. Number four on the Roper Report. Twitch is moving to two-factor authentication. Twitch has made two-factor... Oh. <laughs> what? Shh. I didn't credit it. I think this is an IGN one. I'll, I'll look it up. You keep reading. Twitch has made two-factor authentication a requirement for all streamers to ensure they don't have their channels taken over by unrelated broadcasts. The change was announced via Twitter, with Twitch also revealing a temporary freeze on new accounts' ability to stream have been lifted. Uh, VG247 reports the change is primarily motivated by an incident over the past weekend whereby some users' accounts were taken over and used to broadcast non-games-related content. Specifically, the Artifact channel, which is dedicated to Valve's struggling card game, suddenly leapt to Twitch's front page after trolls used it to stream everything from porn to sports events. Did you see this happen over the weekend or were you disconnected enough I from the internet? I was not paying attention to porn being streamed on Twitch. Well, I'm as sorry. somebody who pays attention to Gary Whitta, Gary Whitta was paying attention to it. Of course he was. Quite a few okay. updates on Twitter as to who was doing what on Artifact. You know what? It might be gamesindustry.biz. It might have been a, a gamesindustry.biz one. Mm, we'll get to that on okay. there. Somebody will Google it and figure it out for me. I Google it and I can't find it. Yeah, same. Google the first paragraph, the first sentence. Twitch has made two-factor authentication. Put that in there. I literally did. And there's, uh, no, like, there's a bazillion things that came up. Okay, okay. You I'm know looking. What? I was yelling at Barrett, not you. You're hosting a show with me. While you all look it up so we can get proper credit, I'm going to move on to number five. This is Steve Watts at GameSpot who's talking about, is Baldur's Gate 3 about to get announced? Uh, Larian Studios, the developer behind Divinity Original Sin and Original Sin 2, has dropped what appears to be a teaser for a new Baldur's Gate. The official site has updated with a three, that's Roman numeral three logo. It is indeed. Yeah, James Bachelor, GamesIndustry.biz wrote that one. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, the official site has updated with the Roman numeral three logo, though the stylized lettering isn't quite unique enough to necessarily identify it as belonging to Baldur's Gate. As some savvy Twitter users have pointed out, though, the metadata refers to the image as Baldur's Gate logo three retouched. There's a bunch of underscores in there. It's possible this wasn't meant to be seen and is something of an inside joke, but it could also mean the studio's bringing Baldur's gate back the timing of this tease could suggest that the studio is preparing a reveal at e3 2019 the series has been relatively quiet recently an enhanced edition port of the original baldur's gate was released in 2013 and a new expansion was released in 2016 under atari and the canadian publisher beamdog the last numbered baldur's gate released in 2000 developed by bioware i never played Bar- uh, baldur's gate i did not either i i had to for ign i had to play like 20 hours of it and those are definitely not my type of games so that was uh that was definitely a fun trek hey man that fun job yeah <laughs> are you saying you did not enjoy your time with Baldur's gate yeah definitely not a game for me well then, okay. we might have an update here from you're wrong already well then point blank putting something in here i'm copying it over it might be porn it might be an artifact channel oh, no. we'll find out soon it, i mean url wise doesn't look like that but you know you okay. can fake anything on the internet all right uh, here we go this is matt wales at eurogamer.net baldur's gate planetscape torment Never Winter Nights Enhanced Editions coming to consoles this fall. I see. Uh, seminal RPG series Baldur's Gate is 20 years old, and developer Beamdog will soon bring enhanced uh, editions of Baldur's Gate series and Dungeons & Dragons classics to console in celebration, and we now know what they'll look like when they're due. The full list of enhanced Dungeons & Dragons. So basically... Oh, enhanced editions of Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, and Baldur's Gate Siege of Dragon Spear expansion. Mm, I hear you, and I believe you. But when it, that's what we're, that's why we're putting the three on it because there's three Baldur's Gates games in it. One's an expansion. No, I think people are taking this wildly out of context. It says Baldur's Gate logo three retouched. How many times have you made a photo and then made multiple versions of something and put a one or two or three on the end of it because it's a newer version of what you made the first? But the time. thing is, that it's the it's like the Roman numeral three is the image. It's not even just the title of it. I don't know, Greg. I don't either, it's, but I don't. Yeah. Some, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I see that this is true. I believe you, Euro Gamer. You got it in here, right? Yeah, this. Yeah, is that's a, that's a Roman numeral three, right? I mean, and also like, maybe this is the thing. Maybe, maybe it's claw marks. Maybe bundling. it's not a three. Maybe it's supposed to be like dragon. <laughs> that's claw. a fucking three. <laughs> I don't know, Barrett. I'm just fucking spitballing. Okay. She's jet lagged. She's just trying to get through the show. <laughs> <laughs> is it over yet? I I believe that. I okay. You got the mm, okay. Okay, good job with the Eurogamer thing. I mean, this is news. But there why you go. Larian? Did they acquire the IP? I'm confused about the chain of command here. That's a good point, too. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, because I know that they recently put out the... Last year, they did the Definitive Edition or whatever for... Um, Divinity. Divinity. Yeah. yeah. And it would, it, it would make sense for Larian to work on this. It's a very... Like, not 
totally similar style, but similar enough style game that it could be good. But I guess I just didn't hear of them, you know. No, that's a great point, actually. I didn't even think about that. Don't know. Hopefully, yeah, they just got partnered. I mean, this, uh, I, I mean, Beam Dog might be trying to ride the coattails, you know, tossing this out there. So clearly, this doesn't blow up the skirt of anybody here. <laughs> God, no, no. Do People we look like these kind of dorks? Someone in the chat said, maybe it's a tease for Mother 3. You know? There you go. Perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Nerds. Yeah, yeah. All right. Calling the Mother 3 fans nerds? This shit is for nerds. Everyone's a nerd. That's what we do. I was wearing a Ghostbusters uniform yesterday. Andrea, I can't wait to find out what the fuck is going on with all these Baldur's Gates things, but it's going to be so long before we get a clear answer. If I wanted something more clear, like say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? Greg, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Crypt of the Serpent on Switch. Moan and Throw it on Switch and PC. Moan and Throw in a party mode next week. It's a sponsored party mode. Heads up. Just for We do enjoy the game. We played at EGLX. We had a lot of fun. That, they saw me and Nick have so much fun with it. They asked if we would do the thing. Anyways, Moan and Throw in a party mode going up next week uh, on Switch and PC. Uh, Pix Arc, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Golem Gates, Xbox One, and Switch. Trover Saves the Universe, PS4. Steam. Right. Dude, it's such a funny game. Yeah, I can't wait to play it. I have if you want to have, have a good laugh, pick up Trover Saves VR, the Universe. It's VR, right? It's PSVR. Uh, yes, so it's available yeah. on PSVR um, and it's also available on regular uh, 2D. Okay. Um, that I was like, Barrett asked for a code today and I was like, Barrett doesn't have a PlayStation VR. No, but I learned VR. last night listening to Podcast Beyond that you can play it on regularly on PS4. You can. What an informative show. I will uh, say, um, it, and you know, Squanch Games did provide me with a code for for the game. Nice. Um, I think it's better in VR because it's clearly designed sure. for VR, that but it's still home, super yeah. funny if you play it yeah. out of VR. Play the VR though, you know what I mean? Take the VR home. Play some nah, VR. Have some the, fun. That seems like a lot of work. It's not that much work. It's fun. Come to my house. Jen, I'll make you dinner. That wow. also seems like a Just lot of work. That is my work. It's not like she's not busy right before you threw it. I know. Jesus. Uh, Steam World Quest, Hand of Gildamech, sorry, PC and Mac, Super Arcade Soccer on Switch, Warlock's Tower on Switch, Watermelon Party on Switch, Moonrise Fall on PC, Beat Your Meat on PC, Final Adventure on PC, Ports of Call Classic on PC, Four Kings, One War on Steam, PC, (laughs) Mac, and VR, Beat Your Meat Simulator? (laughs) Ah, So it's a giant pig holding a, a is that a hammer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This looks like a party mode game. Beat your meat. It's got a little sausage in the logo. It looks like raw meat in these numbers countdown. Bacon. Yeah, so they got these like, yeah, these like little (laughs) They're meat tenderizers. Ah, I get it. So basically, so there's got four little pigs running around this arena. They're each holding a giant meat tenderizer. So, you know, that double-sided hammer with little spikes on each side. Um, And essentially, this looks like a, is this like a four- Four player. Yeah, it looks like four competitive four player. I'm sure you can break into teams of two, probably. This looks like a party mode. It does look this like a party definitely mode. Looks Send like it to Andy. Is Andy here? Who fucking cares? They're just like Andy's little pigs in, in little outfits with giant meat tenderizers. New dates for you. <laughs> Verlet Swing is coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox One uh, on June 11th and 12th. That's for NA and EU. And then June 14th for Switch and Xbox One. <laughs> search is the best a watermelon, watermelon party, party game, game. <laughs> who knew there were so many long games for watermelon she the light bear is coming to nintendo switch on june 6 2019 it lurks below is actually out i don't know this shouldn't have been here sorry it looks er, it lurks below is out right now on steam uh seth macy at ign reports the final 10 games in the mega Mi- drive mini the japanese edition of the genesis mini are being announced live on june 4th if past announcements are any indication we should learn the identity of the final 10 sega genesis mini game shortly after and then Cadence of Hyrule, the rhythm game that combines uh, Crypto the Necro Dancer gameplay with The Legend of Zelda's look and tunes is coming to Nintendo Switch sometime in June. This is from Polygon, by that, the way. Thank you very much. That release window and a new sneak peek at the game comes from Nintendo of Japan's YouTube channel. Uh, there's about a minute of gameplay in this new footage, including Link and Zelda battling mob- Moblins, mm-hmm. Dark yep. Nuts, mm-hmm. and other monsters in rhythmic combat. Interesting. Yeah. I love me a good Moblin. But I really enjoy Dark Knight. Time for Reader Mail, but first I'll tell you about our sponsors. Let's start with Omaha Steaks. This Father's Day, give dad a gift packed with the Omaha Steaks he craves. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code KFGAMES in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix Gift Package. A $235 value now for only $59.99. Order and you'll get... 
two tender filet mignons, two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apples, heartless for dessert, a packet of Omaha steak season. I, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce packet, but I said it. Uh, season, signature seasoning, and you get four extra Omaha steaks burgers for free. Give this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up for an incredible summer of grilling, all for 74% off. Omaha Steaks delivers 100% guaranteed world-class steaks, burgers, franks, and more. Order with confidence from America's original butcher. Again, order now, and you can get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father Day Steak Fix Package valued at $235 for just $59.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com and type in the code KFGAMES in the search bar. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type KFGAMES in the search bar, and get the Father's Day Steak Fix Gift Package today. Today. Next up, it's Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. Premium membership gives you unlimited access so you can join the classes and communities that are just right for you. Whether you want to fuel your curiosity, creativity, or even career, Skillshare is the perfect place to keep you learning and thriving. Uh, Tim and Nick use it, of course, to learn how to do all sorts of different stuff for Kind of Funny, like graphics packages and the, the, the video things they use for Kind of Funny that I don't understand. Skillshare is also super affordable, and the annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Join more than 7 million creators learning with Skillshare. The first 500 of my subscribers to use the link in the description will get a two-month free trial. The first 500 people to sign up and it will receive a two-month trial for free. Just go to youtube.com slash games. Click on this episode of KFGD and you can get the link there. Andrea? Yes, Greg. Let's start with Constantine. Let's do it. Constantine writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Hi, Greg and Andrea. What do you predict the critical reception to the Modern Warfare reboot will be compared to its sales? Given the direction of their single-player campaign, I can see this being reviewed at a 9-9.5 if they nail their vision. But I can also see it getting blasted by critics if it comes off as shocking or edgy but without substance. That being said, Infinity Ward hasn't detailed much about the multiplayer, which has been the selling point for Call of Duty games recently. Parentheses, they did just announce the game, so they might be waiting for E3. End parentheses. Are they hoping that a unique high-impact campaign will bring back some lapsed players? Are there enough of those lapsed players to meet the sales expectations set by Activision slash Infinity Ward? I'm all for this type of campaign, but it's personally made me interested in a... I'm all for this type of campaign. It's personally made me interested in a Call of Duty campaign for the first time since Modern Warfare 3 Constantine. Andrea. Yes. Yesterday, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was revealed. Yes, I was the embargo able to, lifted. I was able to go into detail about what we saw at Judges Week. I heard. Um, I listened to the segment. We. It's definitely a much different Call of Duty campaign. Absolutely. Um, the thing that I tweeted was that it felt very visceral, very disturbing, and a little bit emotional. And so thank you for detailing exactly what we got to see in the demo. Um, the thing that I really get that kind of stuck out to me when I was you know, processing everything after we watched these demos was that it feels like they're taking it in a direction like Spec Ops The Line, which was a pretty well-received game um, several years ago. and But it was also very controversial, right? And even they didn't quite nail it, right? Um, But I think that people are kind of hankering for that kind of experience that kind of merges this fantasy and reality. But I think it's a very precarious situation to be in. Razor's Edge. Yes, and this idea that you know you were talking about it's maybe simulating what a live leak video would look like. I think that the trouble with that is that you know we're in a very dangerous place in the world right now. There's a lot of really nasty, ugly things happening in different parts of, of the of the globe, and to put a fantasy filter on that in the form of video, a video game is going to be something that they're going to have to really tread carefully yeah. to make sure that they're treating the situation with the respect that it needs and not trivializing it. And that's going to be challenging, particularly when we talk about Call of Duty multiplayer, which is designed for fun. Now, you know, we didn't get to talk about the multiplayer or see the multiplayer, but we will... Microsoft, or excuse me, Activision never talks about multiplayer for Call of Duty at E3 anyway. That typically comes in a specific multiplayer reveal later in the summer, usually around August. At least that's what we've seen over the last several years, that they'll debut the campaign and the details about the campaign around E3 in May leading up to it. And then we'll get all the multiplayer stuff down the road. So, I mean, let's just put multiplayer aside. What we saw was incredibly impactful and powerful for a variety of reasons. 
And I think that if they can nail it, it does have the opportunity to hit critical success. But I think it's going to be incredibly mixed reviews because there's always going to be people who are going to take the side of you shouldn't fantasize this type of violence. It makes Mm -hmm. it feel like it's okay to take on the role of some of these shooters and to kill these people in a game. And I think that's the tough part about when we talk about the argument with video game violence and the reason why so many people in our industry have really hand waved the violence that is in video games is because it's always been dubbed fantasy. I have a weird laser gun and I'm shooting an alien race and it's just for me to blow off steam. It's clearly not meant to simulate real world violence. And when you look at what Call of Duty is doing this year with Modern Warfare, can you make that argument? Mm. You can't. I mean, it's literally ripped from the headlines, you know, talking about a terrorist attack in London and seeing these freedom fighters, you know, in some undisclosed Middle Eastern country that's in the news all the time. It's it's going to be incredibly challenging for them to toe the line between something that's making a statement and something that's over the line. Yeah. You said it incredibly well. I mean, that's the challenge they have, right? The two bits we saw of, well, I guess three if you count the actual cutscene of the, you know, the London attack, then the retaliation of taking down the terrorist cell, and then the flashback of being the kid and getting out of it. The one thing that gives me belief they're going to nail it, outside of, I mean, I've known Taylor for years, you know, what is official title, studio narrative director, right? He used mm-hmm. to work at Naughty Dog. I've known him for years through... Uh, covering Uncharted and stuff like that. It's the idea. All three of those had such weight to them. And as long as the sections that are still to come that we don't know that when we go play, don't lose that weight, right? As long as you don't get into one of the situations where you're around the corner waiting to go around and you get the the Deacon for St. John from fucking uh, uh, Days Gone of like, all right, you motherfucker, you want to fucking come on? And like, granted, that mm-hmm. could be a real reaction somebody would have or whatever in this kind of scenario. But if it's those other scenarios we've seen so far, that would have been so off-putting and so out of the blue and so not what was happening. If they can keep the weight there, if they can fight as you'd assume they would, fight the urge of traditional Call of Duties or Call of Duties of the past to really open it up and make it into this bombastic explosions, this, that, like, ah, you know, power fantasy. I At no point from what we saw, and granted, we didn't play, at no point from what we saw did I see the power fantasy of being these things, right? right. Infiltrating the house in the night vision, taking out those people was solemn. It was it was muted. It was uncomfortable. We're here to do a job and we're here to do this and we don't yeah. want to get caught. I don't want to kill the wrong person either. Right. And then obviously when you're the kid, the kids didn't feel like they, oh, we got this. They weren't like, it wasn't like laugh out loud. They're doing jump kicks off the wall. It was very much like go through the ground, get around these things, hide. And if they can keep that weight, then there's something to it. Yeah. I think that's the, cha- that's obviously going to be the challenge. You know, like there was a couple of key moments that really hit me in those demos. There was a moment where the, the special ops team is moving, you know, really silently through this terrorist cell apartment in London, systematically killing everybody in the house. And then you hear this baby cry. Right. And like your heart just drops to go be like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Right. And thankfully they didn't. Yeah, Um, you know, but you know, there's going to be, I think a lot of those moments. And even in that scene where we see these two young kids, uh, you know, you had the Russian soldiers. I mean, those Russian soldiers are mowing down, you know, uh, women, children, unarmed civilians. And it's going to be it's going to be really hard for a lot of people to play this game. Yeah. And I think that's what Infinity Ward is going for. I think they want to have an impact and they want to say, hey, we don't want to make this what you call this power fantasy. Sure. But then I go, well, then what's the rest of the game going to be? Is it all going to be these these kind of more quiet tactical moments? And if so, like, is that deviating too far from what Call of Duty is mm. in order for it to tie back? And then moreover, once we get details about the multiplayer, how are you going to narratively connect those things together to say, we really wanted to give you this impactful, heavy story. But over here, you can just, hey, you can play the tier one operators or the freedom fighters. You can just mow each other down. It's like, there's going to be such a dissonance there. It's yeah. going to be really interesting to see how they balance that going forward. And that's the, in, you know, to the question here from Constantine, it is the, the idea that they can't fuck one thing up. They can't have a misstep in there because everyone's going to be playing this game looking for, and I'm talking about critical, mm-hmm. critically looking at this game for them to fuck it up. And mm-hmm. so if they even miss it, but totally for a second or two, a mission, that's going to be a huge issue for them when they put it out there. 
But what I thought was really intriguing about the presentation we saw, just kind of pivoting a little bit away from the narrative, is that obviously they have these these guys that are leading the narrative team, which was fantastic, and I assume we're going to hear more from them at E3. Yeah, you assume. Um, and what I really love is that in that presentation, I know you mentioned it with the sound design, we... we, we Got to see really the benefit of Call of Duty being the number one entertainment property in the world for the last several years running. We got to see that Activision has reinvested in gameplay development from the ground up in a way where these people, these studios like at Infinity Ward, they get to create this new technology. Like hearing from Joel, who's the studio art director, talk about the photogrammetry tech that they've yeah. put inside the game and how they really are trying to make it look as real as possible. This photorealism really pushing the boundaries. Talking about the microtiling, you mentioned scanning in cars. You know, talking about the performance capture with the art direction and the rendering that they're doing to really make these soldiers look like true people. I mean, yeah. and they are. Like there was that one moment where they showed this body laying on the ground and how they talked about the people in this. Those are actually real photos of people from the studio Infinity simulating Ward, yeah. Yeah, bodies yeah. on the ground. It's like that kind of reinvestment in the tech of what video games can do is something that I think Activision has always taken very seriously and why people love the Call of Duty campaigns because yeah. they feel so cinematic. And that's the thing about it. I think you, you nail it right. And cinematic and this power fantasy and the weight and the realism. I think for years with Call of Duty and other games, it has been a, man, look at how real it looks. Look at all these different things, blah, blah, blah. And it seems, based on what these three parts we're talking about that we got to look at, that they're using the realism not in the, uh, well, for sure, in the, it sounds real and it looks real, but the impact of how real it is. Mm-hmm. And if they can keep that thread, it will be a different campaign. And it will be, I, I think we saw, you know, he's talking about sales and will this energize it. I saw him just casually on my normal feed of Twitter, a lot of people being like, I haven't played a Call of Duty or I haven't bought a Call of Duty in a long time. I think I'm going to try this one out. This looks like something because it's different and it mm-hmm. is interesting and it's not the power fantasy of running through with these futuristic weapons, shooting all stuff, getting into my space harrier and shooting out and like that was more what you're talking about of like, this is just the rock'em sock'em good time of having a gun shooting shit. Whereas this one I think is trying to make you actually not want to shoot your bullets in certain situations. From what we've seen, maybe it'll all be out the window by the time we get there. Yeah. But then you bring up the great point of multiplayer because they did say yesterday, right, that this is a unified experience where the story and the co-op and the multiplayer are all meant to be in the same world universe like feel. And so, yeah, how do you bring that over? And does it matter in in that regard, in that respect when you get there? Because there are so many people that Call of Duty is multiplayer to them. They never play the campaign. Correct. And so I would like, say the vast majority of people, that's the case. And that's the thing, you know, to your question here Constantine right is the idea that if there's a group that's just out there to play it for multiplayer then yeah why not do something totally different with the single player and get headlines and hopefully critical acclaim and all these different things to bring in people who will never touch the multiplayer but here I have to play this campaign right saw like even with Titanfall 2 right where people like that was the first time in a long time where you're like dude this shooter's campaign is awesome you need Mm -hmm. to play it doesn't even care if you never play multiplayer it will be fascinating to see I hope we get to see more at E3 Probably a shoe in for the Xbox conference, you assume, right? Where else are they no, gonna go? No, they're still they're still partnered with PlayStation. So where are they gonna show it then? Where are they gonna do PC conference? Nowhere. Nowhere? Barrett, they gotta show something, don't they? No. I mean they they've traditionally, you know, put out their own trailers and stuff ahead of E three. Yes, they have been on the PlayStation show. I mean, we don't know that there's not gonna be another state of play before E three. Ooh. Or right after. Right? We don't know. We don't know. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just assumed since they dropped the trailer for Modern Warfare yesterday Mm -hmm. that somewhere at E3 we'd get, hey, hey, everybody, we're Activision. Let's play through one of the sections we've talked about, right? I would, yeah, I would assume that as well, but I, like, would put my money that you will you would not see them on the Xbox stage because I believe they're still in their marketing contract with PlayStation. That leaves one stage left that could take you guys. The Kind of Funny Game Showcase. Hit me up, Activision. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, everybody. We have 60-some indies and Call, Call of Duty. Duty. <laughs> Let's add that onto your plate last second. Yeah, yeah exactly. Would, <laughs> hey, everybody. Here are all these fun indies where you're bopping mushrooms in the head or whatever the fuck's going on. All these weird games are all colorful and cute. And then let's, Serious let's, gun let, game. let's slow it down for a second and go night vision goggles through killing all these terrorists. Yikes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in. To patreon.com slash kinda funny games. Give me your name, uh, username, place you want to play games in. You know how this works. We just want to make people play stuff together. James G writes in and needs help on Twitter. His Twitter is J A Y M E Z G E E. 
James G. James James says Greg <laughs> Greg said it best on yesterday's show the kind of funny best friends wished Pat upon remastered into existence the kind of funny best friends wished Ghostbusters remastered into existence and now the kind of funny best friends can wish 50 cent blood on the sand remastered into existence please god, oh no. My god no we all know that THQ Nordic are crazy in the best way possible they have bought over 200 pre-existing IP but in the sand was a 2009 THQ classic 10 years old now, so what better time to bring it back? All I can <laughs> ask is that people nicely and politely head over to Twitter and kindly request THQ Nordic to consider a remaster. If they see interest, who knows? If they remastered something as obscure as Baja Edge of Control, surely <laughs> this isn't too ridiculous to ask. Worth a try. Keep up the great work. Kind of funny fan. They're not allowed to do that until I get my fucking SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom remastered. What? Yes. He's, You're a he's monster. No, that's a legit, like, fun 3D platformer game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not the only one who says that. There's a lot of people out there. Uh, it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. This is where folks watching live on Twitch go to tell us what we screwed up as we screwed up. Lots of Larian Studio stuff going on he- in here. Okay. Um, Lord of Pwn seems to have the way he says, I guess Larian Studios later denied they bought the IP because he was going back and forth. He's got an article here from WCCF Tech. Uh, but, you know, of course, you don't need an IP to work on it. Also true. Um, uh, you don't cite this, so I can't. I don't want to use it. Oh, Lord of Pwn says Call of Duty is at the E3 Coliseum. There you go. There you go. Uh, Lord of Pwn also says Call of Duty Modern Warfare new content will come to PlayStation first seven days, as confirmed by PlayStation's trailer for the game. Mario on the mind. This is what I do. I just, when I need, I just default to that or Oregon Trail when I need to do something. Gotcha, when I got to gotcha. fill time. All right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week's host. Yeah, no, I'm not done. Uh, done. Oh, okay. He was taking a dramatic pause. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I wasn't just gonna end the show. I, I, was I, was, I expected you to. Next week's host, ladies and gentlemen, look like this: Monday, it's me and Tim. Tuesday, it's me and Andrea. Wednesday, it's me and Gary Witta. Thursday, it's Fran and Greg hasn't thought far enough to book a host for Fran, but I'll find <laughs> somebody. And then Friday, it is Tim and GameSpot's Mike Mahardy. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games. You can watch live twitch.tv slash games. You can watch later youtube.com slash games. You can watch on roosterteeth.com. You can listen on podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get the content, thank you for your support. We couldn't do it without you. Consider going to patreon.com slash games. Remember, E3 is pretty much starting next week. I'm going to tweet out that schedule. It's on the subreddit. Good job, Cameron Ken. Uh, I think it was right. Who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows anymore? She's jet lagged. I got to go write a million lower thirds for Nick for the showcase. Everything's happening. We're very excited. Until next time, it's been a pleasure to serve you.